Super Talk Mississippi media production. It's a Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Oh, my goodness. If you picked this previous week to go on your beach vacation, you made a really good choice. Because coming up in the next period of time, my friends, yep, we got Hurricane Fred, and then we got another one, and who knows where they're going to end up exactly. But if you didn't want to be on the beach wondering, the good news is you're not, because you took your vacation sooner. Now, that being said, when you get back, whoo-wee. Are there a lot of things blooming and carrying on in your garden that you didn't know about? (laughs) Oh, goodness. I drove down a a little tiny street in my neighborhood this week, and all of a sudden, all of the autumn clematis was in bloom in front of these people's house. I bet they didn't even know what it was. They thought those were azaleas. And, in fact, they are underneath there. But autumn clematis is one of those wild and rampant plants that will crawl all over everything. And then when it blooms, you think, oh, I love it. But then you realize it might be choking your plants, too, so you have to do something about it. The way to control autumn clematis is to see it come up in the springtime and make it go where you want it to go. In other words, you can trim it, you can prune it, you can guide it, you can make it. You can let it go over the azalea if you want to, but just be aware that it's going to do that. Some of the prettiest ones, of course, are going up old trees that don't have anything on them anyway, or just taking up a space in the back. Um, I have some that grows up over some of the bamboo, and that's kind of pretty. I like that. See, we can talk about this and that and anything else in the green world that you're interested in because I'm the Garden Mama. Welcome to Weekend Gardening, 888-808-8637. That is the Super Talk call line. You are welcome to use it. And when you do, the one and only Dan will pick it up and he will say hello and he'll, you'll tell him your name, you'll tell him where you're calling from, and a little bit of something about what you want to talk about. Now, the only two you, you can't really make up are those last two. If you want to give us somebody else's name, that's fine. Everybody can be Aunt Maud today if you would like. That doesn't matter. That's all good. We just want you to have a friendly name that we can call you out loud on the radio. (laughs) Okay, remember that part. And of course, just like John has already sent an image, you too can send pictures and comments and things that you might want to consider talking about to, indeed, the C Spire text line 601-879- Four three nine five. Lots of stuff going on in the green world today, and oh my goodness, the poison ivy is making a return, but I'm beating it. So I hope you are too. Remember, noxious weeds love our conditions. If we just wanted to grow a world full of poison ivy and green briar with thorns as big as your nose and things like that, we could do that. But in order to keep them down and controlled so that we can grow other things, we do have to keep them cut. And, for example, if you cut off at the base a big long vine, it will wither and die up in the tree or fence or wherever it's growing. And then when it sprouts back up on the ground level, that's the one to control. It's a lot more subject to herbicide, to um, cutting down, to whatever you're going to do to it. It'll respond better if you do it when it is small. But by now, of course... 
things are really starting to climb, so you need to give yourself a chance to look at some of that. Oh, John, that's beautiful. That's that beautiful road. How gorgeous. Really, really nice. Good morning from Ken. Um, interesting thing about one of the pieces of going, uh, the, the parts and pieces of uh, the world that is so full of water here and so dry elsewhere is it does produce sort of a dichotomy. I got some pictures last night from a friend out west that are absolutely bleak. It's an area that I know and don't recognize unless they had told me, okay? Here, we've got some areas that are still covered up in water, and we've got in central Mississippi and most of our state, we have rain in the forecast every afternoon next week. Now, here's the good news. Everybody who thought it was so wet, well, just remember, central Mississippi has only gotten less about an inch or so of water in August, but that's because August is only so long. Before that, we had an awful lot banked, and that's good, but it has been time to at least water the vegetables and the flowers that you're trying to actively grow. Very few of my shrubs have needed any attention at all in that regard. Some of the ones in containers um, have gotten a little bit crispy this last week, so I have been giving them a little bit of water. But the rest of things are really looking good. Um, It has been, however, hot, hot, hot. How hot has it been? It has been so hot that my, I think he's 12, he might be older, 12-year-old black cat has crawled up into a container that is two and a half feet tall to sleep underneath the shade of the Japanese maple. Thank you very much, Tim Burris. Um, Beautiful plant, hilarious to see the cat sleeping underneath it. But I presume because I watered it that morning, it was the coolest spot he could find. Yes, the cat can come indoors. It's his choice, not mine. Don't worry, he's not tortured. I was laughing here and wrote about it in the newsletter on the All Things Garden Mama Weekly. I enjoyed so much last week watching butterflies playing in the courtyard here at the radio station. We have a plant out there called abelia, which you may or may not know. I hope you do, because when it comes to something that's going to be bursting with flowers at this time of year to benefit the pollinators, abelia is certainly one of them. It is, um, it's it's green, but it, it gets a little coppery colored, at least the the traditional one, the, 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 the species, the Edward Goucher develops a beautiful coppery tone and then also has these just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tiny tubular flowers all over it, which are just prized, of course, by all of our pollinating friends. There are other varieties, however, that also bloom that are much, much smaller. Um, the big shrubs are four feet or so. The, the the little ones will maybe be two feet. And they have a lot brighter colors. Um, they have names like Mardi Gras, you know, <laughs> because that tells you how brightly colored their leaves are. And that's that's really a wonderful plant to consider, especially for the summer. Um, let's see. Joe's in Madison, and um, he's looking for the the name of this plant. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you off until I can look up one thing about that leaf. It's it's not a problem plant, but I don't know if it's a campsis or um, if it's if it's the other pepper vine thing. So I have to look closer. Y'all know you're you're sending pictures, and I appreciate that. You're sending pictures to me, and I'm always having to climb up closer to see them. So sometimes <laughs> sometimes I have to do that. Oh my goodness. Um, Wow, that's pretty there. Really beautiful. Thank you, Danny. Oh, y'all are making me... Y'all know that I grew up on a cypress swamp, so... (laughs) It always makes me a little bit homesick. Speaking of trees, though, I am one of those people for whom carbohydrates are a real serious love and shouldn't be. 
I could probably eat pasta every night, but I shouldn't. I should. Pro- I mean, white bread, love it. Shouldn't. I don't love it as much as I love wheat bread, but still, I do like it. Harvard University, though, is letting us know that there, the tree's carbohydrate reserves. This is one finally one good place. Okay, it, any tree is going to have carbohydrate reserves. The higher they are, and the more specific they are, they're really crucial to surviving the hungry, hungry caterpillar. Okay, we'll make that particular joke. Now, when I think about this, I think about don't we wish that all trees had this capacity so that they wouldn't be eaten up? But, yeah, there has to be a balance, okay? There has to be a balance. This is a a recent outbreak being reported upon in uh, functional ecology. But most of the time, oak trees are very resilient because they actually are able to look ahead in in the sense of their environment. As they store these carbohydrates, that lets them put out a whole new flush of leaves when the others are defoliated, okay, when they get their, they're all eaten. So this is um, this particular place. I don't know if, if you'll ever get a chance to go, but it is quite something. The Harvard Forest is in Petersham, Massachusetts. It's uh, Harvard University's outdoor laboratory and um, long-term ecological research facility. That's where they did, did grabbed onto whole, all of this. The, uh, the creature was formerly known as the gypsy moth, but this is the, the this the trees that died out. They're they've determined were the trees that had no carbohydrate reserves left. And so by being able to find that they did have them, there were some that were able to get reforested, refoliated rather so quickly. That's really great. I think that's wonderful stuff. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. So trust me, when we fertilize our trees, we're we're doing them a favor. But when we talk to you about the fact that no one in the woods fertilizes the trees, it's also true. Those processes have to be working naturally or else we have to make them work, okay? Because that's our job as gardeners. Um, let's see. My, I've got, I'm picking tomatoes right now. I'm picking tiny, tiny. Um, I believe the name of it is Tasty Treat. It's a, a tomato that I didn't hadn't seen before, but the plant looked nice, so I got it. And... Um, the the other thing that I'm doing right now is watching the black cherry tomatoes begin to ripen, and that's pretty wonderful, too. I do love those tomatoes. We're finding out more and more things about the way just these kind of – this whole pandemic business has affected the other creatures in our ecosystem in addition to us human beings. The mountain lions, for example – have always been considered to be only held at bay by the people that live in an area. Obviously, they moved in where the mountain lions lived. But in in the the longer term, um, everybody thought that if there were not humans, that in fact any of the carnivorous mammals would roam wilder areas, much bigger foraging spaces, if the humans were not there to divert them. Well... University of Nebraska-Lincoln is letting us know that that didn't really happen. One of the, uh, the, in the whole business we've heard about, when people didn't travel so much, air pollution levels went down, and you know, lots of good things like that that were offset by the sadness and un- unfortunate necessity of staying at home during the pandemics. But here we also have this idea of the wildlife and everything that we've studied, you know, we got to go look because we think we know and then we find out we don't. The, the opportunity to get a better sense of how 
human populations and our activities actually influence animal behavior is pretty wonderful to have that chance, sadly. So they took a, a little more than a month and collared mountain lions in and around Los Angeles, and they found some interesting things. They actually found that these mountain lions occupied smaller territories, generally moved around less, got a little deeper into their own family situation, and it coincided oddly with the stay-at-home order that the state had, had put out for the people. So no one knows, of course, why this is, but it does give everybody a lot more to study. The, we have always understood that we, we relate back and forth with the animals that are in our environment or in our larger environment, like mountains around L.A., but who, wouldn't you have thought, and everybody did, that if the people are not in the way, they would the, the creatures would go wider spaces? Well, they didn't. However, you can actually use the space that you're in, perhaps, more efficiently is what they have posited. So that's why they're going to continue to study this. Um, oh, my goodness, that's beautiful. It certainly looks like it. Andrea's I'm showing off her Asiatic lilies today. Those are beautiful. That, that might be um, the black lily. I don't know. I don't know all their names, but that's lovely. Dark, dark red, bright, bright red, and then one with speckled petals. That's pretty. That's going to be a beautiful vase, just a beautiful vase. Um, I have a lot of questions coming to me that are very unusual, but I want to make sure and that you know my email address. I'm not using the other old email addresses. So you need to write to me at mamaonair at yahoo.com. M-A-M-A, mamaonair at yahoo.com. I, um, I got a couple of messages on Facebook this week. Why haven't you answered my email? Well, because you sent it to one that was for a column that ended four or five years ago. <laughs> and yeah, I used to check it, but I don't check it anymore. It got slammed and spammed, so I have to leave that one alone. Where have all the birds gone? Hmm. Well, we got some ancient news about extinctions, but we've also got a fearsome dragon. Oh my goodness, how wonderful is that? Did you know that we needed to know the secrets of fish fins? There's so many research studies this week that have just come out to give us some information we didn't even know that we needed. I was happy to uh, have a chance to tell someone this week that that uh, they had told me they had taught me things that I did not need, know I needed to know, and sometimes that's the very most important thing. Um, I I never I've never have I've never been to visit the giant ball of string that is apparently the size of a Mack truck, you know, and is in somewhere in the Midwest. But I was always taught that you should keep some string, you know, you should keep things around. And I do, but there is a point where you go and you look in the drawer and you think, what did I think I was going to use that for? And those are the things to take out and put into another place with a question mark on them and make yourself look in that box and look at those things and figure out what you were going to do with them and if you still are. I'm telling you, this is things I would have written had I written the book, move every 10 years, even if it's only across the street, because you accumulate so much stuff in one place. And frankly, everyone in your family brings you their stuff, too. So <laughs> that's absolutely true. Um, there, are, there are too many questions, I think, about premature leaf drop at this time, too. So if that's on your mind, let's talk about that. If you've got um, – uh, one of the other things I noticed was that some of the really big pokeweeds 
are still blooming. They've got they're full of berries, but they've got more flower clusters on them. Why is that? I don't know. Usually they're in full berry by now, and that's it. Now, I did look today. My hydrangeas that are not reblooming hydrangeas are reblooming. So somebody needs to help me out with that. Are yours doing the same thing? Um, I, I noticed a beautiful, a couple of beautiful trees that I like a lot. The tulip trees is what we call them generally. They're magnolia solangianas, but they bloom in the springtime before their leaves come on. And I saw two in my neighborhood. Each one had one flower on it, in addition to being fully leafed out. So I want to know, what do you think? What's going on? (laughs) What is happening with all of these crazy plants doing crazy things? Why would a plant begin to look rough after being in the ground for 10 years? Well, there's a lot of things. You don't find any bugs. You may have to check your soil conditions. For example, are things still draining? Or has the pH changed? You need to check all of those things. The, very, the first uh, new carnivorous plant identified in 20 years has been named. I think that's kind of exciting. There's a lot of stuff going on. I know that I have been out cutting things down and put it, pulling them back, but I can only last about an hour before it gets too hot. This time of year, I could be out there as long as it would take, and I still couldn't get it all done. How about you? How's your garden growing, huh? Tell me. This is Weekend Gardening. Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers, along with Surrender Fire Ant Killer. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. 
It's time for the kids to head back to school to learn their ABCs and 123s. At Monsto Jackson, we're teaching you the 123s of car buying. One, buy from a dealer you can trust. Two, look for the best selection. Three, get the absolute best deals like these at Monsto Jackson. Now get 0% financing on every new Monsto in stock. That's right, 0% financing, which will save you thousands in interest charges. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Monsto purchase. Bad credit, no credit, it doesn't matter. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved no matter your past credit history 100 credit approval is our number one goal bring us your trade we'll give you top dollar for it even if you don't buy a new vehicle from us and as always buy with confidence with a 20-year 250,000 mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson school is in session so get to Mazda of Jackson where nobody walks away because everybody saves our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 frontage road north in Jackson call 991-2222 today MazdaofJackson.com with approved credit on select models see dealer for details the best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Get ready, Greater Jackson area. The big one, the Great Southern Gun and Knife Show is coming for two big days, only at the Trademark Building on the fairgrounds. Show hours are Saturday 9 to 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealers' tables available, full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun books, camouflage, jewelry, and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade, or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission just $9 for adults, $2 for kids ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns? to sell be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show thousands of buyers will be there instant background checks available for gun purchases the big one the great southern gun and knife show this weekend saturday nine to five sunday ten to five at the trademark building on the fairgrounds take the high street exit off i-55 and follow the signs exercise your right to keep and bear arms while you're there be sure to register for the door prize see you this weekend at the big one sure as shooting don't, don't miss, miss it, it. Is there something wrong and you can't put your finger on it? Right then, roll to me. And I don't think I have ever Thank you so much for deciding that weekend gardening needs to be part of your world. I'm going to tell you about the Triantha Occidentalis. Oh, my goodness. That sounds absolutely crazy, doesn't it? Well, it might be. There are carnivorous plants, okay? The question with carnivorous plants, because they go so against what we would expect, is if they're eating insects, how do they get pollinated? That's always been the issue, and in this case, we understand a little bit more because this one is so obvious. Some of the others are not. Some of the others are pollinated by only one creature. Some of them are pollinated by wind. You know, there's just different reasons why they can eat insects and take all of their energy and not... Um, cause themselves not to be pollinated. But in the case of the triantha, it's a, a spe species of false asphodel, if that means anything to you. It's the first new carnivorous plant to be identified in 20 years. That's big in itself. 
It's a West Coast plant. University of British Columbia are the ones reporting on this. And here's what the, here's what the, happens. They have this is a great word. They have to balance carnivory <laughs> with pollination. I'm, I need a T-shirt that says something about carnivory. I like that word. Um, the glandular hairs, little hairs along the stem, that trap the midges and the other insects that they then consume, do not trap the bigger, heavier insects like bees. So there are pollinators that can get to the flower, and there are insects, other ones that might have pollinated if they could have gotten there, but they're too little, so they get taken in. Pretty interesting. Um, this is there. There are there's some genes missing in this one, and that's what probably makes it different. Makes it work different from other carnivorous plants. If indeed um, they couldn't they couldn't decide how to do this, so what they worked on was the stem itself, and then. The label acted like a tracking device where they to be able to tell where the insects were and which ones were there. That told them that it was the midges and the teeny tinies that were getting stuck in the hairs as opposed to the larger pollinating insects. Pretty fun. I like that uh, the National Science Foundation, the Engineering Research Council of Canada, and the Cypress Provincial Park all got in together. The... Uh, don't try and get some. This is not a plant you want to bring home. <laughs> Go visit its habitat if you want to see it, okay? 888 The Super Talk call line is open to you. 601-879-4395. The C Spire text line. Um, Ken suggests a uh, garage sale. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a regular garage sale person. Buys have a lot, a lot of stuff. And in fact, some of it's stuff that your family wants, you know. Um, I don't know what that is. I have to, I have to get, I have to crawl up in there and tell you. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, I've got two things now to look at at the top of the hour. So hang, hang with me, as they say. I hope that if you are in the process of putting in some lawn, if you have an area that needs to be covered before the fall gets here, but you don't want to lawn it yet, I hope that you're thinking about these things, because as we look at hurricane season, and we look at it, of course, peaking in September, we've already got two storms coming at in our general direction back-to-back. Not on us, but back-to-back. And that, of course, puts us in a position where if it begins to rain, and you have an area, say you're building a new house, or you've just added a, a barn, or you're, you're doing something else, the area can literally wash away. Especially if you have built new beds that you haven't planted yet, you need to be concerned that they, they could, in fact, um, have that problem. So let's get ourselves a little bit of mulch to hold things in place. If it's going to be a lawn in the future, why not go ahead and go in with carpet grass and get yourself some um, Bermuda if it's in if it has a, a more sun to it. You, there's several things that we can do. We can talk about these things. You can certainly plant just a plain old ground cover of any sort if you don't mind that it stays there. But if you need something temporary, let's get it ready to plant and let's think about that perennial rye. We're getting up on time to do that, and this is when you really want to figure out if you're going to do it, that you're going to do it, and why and how and where. Okay, those are all important things. Not everybody likes the way perennial rye makes the lawn look, but it is a wonderful pre-lawn. If you if you're not going to plant your lawn this fall and you you've got an area that needs to be prevented from washing away, say around that new house or that new sidewalk or something, get get yourself together and do that. Speaking of sidewalks, the um, 
the sidewalk in front of my house has got a few, um, well, let's just say, the plants that they put on the outside in what we call the, the hill strip, the part between the sidewalk and the street, are in some cases overgrowing, in some cases not growing at all, and in some cases being overtaken by things that the neighbors have planted. So I'm telling you, this is going to be one of the most interesting drives to take in about another year and a half, because there's so many people trying to figure out what to do uh, with the grasses that are there, and also the ones that are no longer there because they got washed away. It's interesting stuff. I hope that if you are putting planning on putting in shrubs this fall, that you will go ahead and get the soil work done when you can. Um, usually, if, for example, it's been a lawn for a long time or a mow-what-grows kind of lawn, if you've got enough sun to grow any kind of weeds at all, you can grow most of the ch- smaller shrubs that are lower light. In other words, you're not going to try and necessarily grow hybrid tea roses, but you can grow these things that I talk about all the time, the abelias, and even azaleas, of course, will do that well. But the other things that bloom in the summer, uh, clethras and butterfly bushes, those things are going to need at least good, strong morning sun in order to bloom as well as you want them to. So when you pick that spot, you know where you want to put things. You need to not only work on the soil, you might need to get a soil test. Um, if you've, for instance, been growing a lawn there, but you want to grow some plants that might need some more acid, you, you might put in gardenias and things in the shade of the tree. All those things tell you that you probably do need to do a little bit of soil testing, and then it'll be time to amend. Well, you say, why do that in August, Mama? Well, because then you'll have time to prepare the bed and have time for it to mellow before you want to plant. And when you want to plant shrubs, of course, any time that it gets a little bit cooler in your space, but most of the time around here, that starts in October. And we have at least a few days then that we can get um, get out and do some shrub work if the soil is ready for us, okay? If you're trying to get out there and do the soil prep and the planting all at the same time, it might work, or you may wear yourself out, or by then the soil could be really hot and the, the, the rain could be really intense, or the opposite could be true. So think about it and make, make a few plans. Plan ahead a little bit, just like the oak trees plan, you need to plan too. I got a note from someone using the garbage can method of growing tomatoes. He says they're already huge. <laughs> so I don't know if that means there's tomatoes yet, but the plants at least are are providing um, what he wanted from them. This this uh, this is of course the Jim Wilson uh, method that, that he developed. Uh, the, the the late Jim Wilson, really great garden writer. One of the well, if you run into any of his books, they're really worth having. They're good read. The plants are always interesting to read about. But his tone and his way of addressing plants and their the things you want to do with them is just one of the most welcoming that you would ever run into. So don't miss his books. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of going through my library. In addition to the other things I've got, I'm surprised how many of his books I have, but I, it's a good collection. I'm glad of that. Now, I hope that if you are thinking about your fall plants, that you will have better success than I'm having right now with my sprouting of basils and parsley. So I was going to do this basil because it is a container basil. So if it got cold along the way, I would be able to bring it indoors and put it under some lights. It's doing fine. It's come up. It has two sets of leaves on it. Looks good. And nothing else has moved. 
So I'm going to seed parsley again, <laughs> and I'm probably going to go ahead and seed Brussels sprouts. I haven't done them yet. But what are you seeding? Anything in your in your place you're going to get started? Hmm, interesting to see. I'm, I wish my Asiatic lilies were blooming, and I'll tell you, Andrea, those are so pretty. I, I have um, a few other things that are blooming, though. I've got a flowering maple that's blooming, and it looks lovely. I did not get any growth out of the euphorbia, though. I'm I'm real surprised um, at that. Uh, it just may not have ever gotten. It just didn't get started. It's growing. It's just not gonna. I don't think it's gonna bloom this year. But it should be a perennial. I'm I'm hoping it will be. Brad from Star, welcome in. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Garden Mama. Howdy. I heard you talking about shrubs, and that prompted me. I have some foxia that I started rooting back in the spring, and I didn't know if I should go ahead and plant it this fall or overwinter it in the pots to give it a little more time and plant it early spring. Well, if it's big enough that you don't have to worry about it, I'd go ahead and plant it. You're in star. That's, you know, solid zone 8 area that that, that planting in the fall will be fine. In fact, I have one that I'm going to move this fall. Um, but if you want to wait, if you feel like they, you know, if it only has one or two leaves on it, you may as well wait until spring. Okay, so the healthy, the healthy bigger ones I can go ahead this fall once it cools down a little. I would absolutely. The reason for that, of course, is because they're so well adjusted as a plant, and the sooner that you get them in the ground, the more likely they are to bloom in the winter, and that's fun. The ones in the containers may bloom too, but I'm I'm counting on the ones in the ground. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, love fatsias, beautiful plants. If you're looking for plants with if you like palmate leaves, that's great. But if if you also like um, things that are sort of tropical tendency, you know, they have a tropical flair to them, but they are going to be hardy plants in zone eight and a little, even a little bit further north than that. Um, it's a good choice. It's a really good choice. I'm glad that I, you know. I don't even know. I don't even. I think I've grown those from seed. I don't know if I've rooted them, but it wouldn't be that hard. You should try if you have some. Where have all the birds gone? Oh, my goodness. Well, this is just terrible news, and it's not new news. This is about um, ancient extinctions of birds, but humans apparently are responsible for more of this than we ever knew. The Weissman Institute, Tel Aviv University, tells us that over the last 30,000 years or so, birds have undergone extinction events, particularly because of human beings. We've caused the disappearance of up to 20% of bird species. What? Well, according to researchers, they, there were several things that are included in this group that we have apparently not, not taken good care of. They were big, they lived on islands, and they didn't fly. So they couldn't get away from us, I suppose, is the main point of that. Um, it, it makes sense that they would be more vulnerable, but but it's just a shame. Um, 90% of these extinction birds lived on the islands. When humans arrived, the birds were either hunted by them or fell victim to the other animals that we introduced. Okay, And most of them are large. Some of them are very, very large. So therefore, they all had to eat a whole bunch. And in fact, it was found to be that their body mass was found to be up to 10 times greater than the species that survived. So some of that's comp- competition with us for the food sources. Some of it's that maybe they were kind of overdone anyway. But the the point is that we, we've had the same thing between mammals and reptiles on the islands, too. The larger ones 
were hunted by humans, became extinct. The smaller ones did not have that suffer, did not suffer that way. And, of course, they couldn't fly away from us, so they were pretty easy to hunt in that case. 68% of the flightless bird species known to science became extinct. Um, this is terrible. I knew that this I knew this was bad, but I didn't I've never seen it in this stark of terms. The moa, which is one of those birds when you do crossword puzzles, you there's words that come all the time. And if it says flightless bird, you're tempted to say emu, you know, or or if it's four letters dodo, but if it's three letters you're tempted to say emu, and in fact it's usually moa, m o a. 11 species of moa became extinct within 300 years because we hunted them to death. Now, you would think that we would know better than that. Because <laughs> if we hunt our food sources to death, we don't have any more food sources. Hmm. Doesn't make too much sense to me. I don't know. I just don't know. Oh, my goodness. That's so pretty. That's a tulip tree. Well, it's not a tulip tree, but it is a tulip tree. It's actually a tulip poplar. But a lot of people, that's, it is the one that other people call that. That's very true. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Cotton bloom picture. That's pretty. No, that's lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. <laughs> the fish aren't biting. But, my goodness, that's some pretty stuff. Right up there to, to that last one, John. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Where is John Sebastian when you need him? Well, he's right here on Weekend Gardening. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on and dance all night. Despite the heat, it'll be all right. And babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer. In the city, in the summer, in the city. Cool town, meeting in the city. Dressed so fine and looking so pretty. Cool Looking for a kitty Gonna look in every corner of the city Till I'm wheezing like a bus stop Running up the stairs Gonna meet you on the rooftop But tonight it's a different world Go out and find a girl Come on, come on and dance all night Just like the heat, it'll be alright And babe, don't you know it's a pity The days can't be like the night It's a first day of the first grade And she found a new best friend it's a laid-back Sunday afternoon You wish would never end The homemade taste of bluebell And good friends gathered round The good old days are being made right now Her original gold-rimmed homemade vanilla The country's gold standard of ice cream flavors since 1969 its hand-cranked taste takes you back to simpler times. That's why we put the word home right on the carton. The good old days are being made right now. The good old days are being made right now. Do you suffer from allergies? sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business. Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> 
Green, the new degree of comfort. Green Home Solutions is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. It's back! That's right, school is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. That's right, school is back and so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving your cash. Pay just $3.29 per month on the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross or pay only $1.99 per month on new 2021 Mitsubishi Mirage G4s. Plus, get a free 40-inch TV without repurchase. We want your old vehicle, bring it in, and we'll buy it even if you don't buy a new vehicle from us. Ridgeland Mitsubishi is the king. Of credit. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Our team of experts is ready to get you approved no matter your past credit history. School is back in session, so come get your deal now at Richland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Eclipse stock number 1772. Mitsubishi G4 stock number 1795. Down 3.9. Attention! If you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. Hey, this is Brad Harbor at the range in Gluckstadt. If you ever found yourself in a life or death situation, do you possess the mental and physical skills needed to survive? We are offering defensive handgun classes taught by someone who actually lived through such a deadly encounter. Dr. Larry Goldstein, if you want to be better able to defend yourself or your loved ones, you can sign up now at rangebyjimmyprimos.com or call us at 601-746-2202 for more information. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Five-pound large Gulf Shrimp Special, $29.95. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. We're dancing and singing here today. I hope you are, too. It's important. you got to keep your spirits up. That's why we garden, you know. There's more to gardening than just growing plants. you got to grow yourself as well. Jody, Harrison County, welcome in. What's going on? Hey, Miss Nelly. Howdy. I called to uh, correct something. Uh, that I, The last time I, I talked to you, I talked to you about the big trees that, that you had told me what to do to try to get them to uh, produce, and we decided it didn't work, but I was wrong about that. It actually produced figs this year, uh, <laughs> so I'm hoping it wasn't many, but it's never produceable. It's a so start. Next, yeah, <laughs> if I do the same thing that you told me to do, um, I got a feeling I'm going to have a uh, pretty good crop. 
good, good, good. I just wanted to let everybody know that might have heard me before on that, that you were right. Well, I appreciate that very, very much. You know, figs can be very temperamental. The ones that we drive by and you literally see them bearing every year without fail make us think they're all going to do that, and they don't all. So, So I'm glad this one has turned around. That's wonderful. Good, good news. Thank you, Jody. Hey, now listen, y'all take care. You know, you're not in the cone, I don't think yet, but my goodness, it is coming up on September. we got to worry about the weather for you. Thank you, thank you. Good to hear from you. Jim's in Laurel. Okay, Jim, what's up? Well, I was talking about the fig trees. i got two things I want to talk about, Granny. I'm talking about that, Mama. I called you Granny. Now, look, you're not that much younger than me. Come on. Hey, I'm 71. <laughs> but uh, I, my ex-brother-in-law bought me some fig trees about 30 years ago. I set them out, and they wouldn't do nothing. They'd grow up and fall off. My nephew took a stick and beat the limbs off of them. Didn't know what to grow in. They wouldn't produce. They'd just grow. I took me some ice cream salt and throw it under the trees. Like this old man, I'm an old man now. But this old man across the road at the time, he said, put some ice cream salt on that ground, son. And I did, and them things made the best figs that year. And from then on, <laughs> what he did, he said, you think about it. These old people had a uh, smokehouse out here. A fig tree always grew up next to it and made the best figs. It was getting that salt out of the ground. I said, okay. I don't know if it had anything to do with it, but it sure changed when I done that. Well, sometimes, um, the, the, I mean, I can go back through and tell you what the benefit would be and what the downside would be. But at the same time, um, sometimes things work, and sometimes I don't really believe in coincidence, but sometimes there are just coincidences that it, you did that and it happened. You know, um, I, have a, I have one friend who, is, who absolutely swears by using milk as a fertilizer for something because he once spilled milk into something and it worked. And I have argued till I would be blue in the face if I continued to argue, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Eddie always told me you can't argue with an idiot. Well, um, I don't really think he's an idiot. I think it just worked, and it apparently looked good to him. But thank you for letting me hear from you today. I appreciate that. Good to hear from you. Now, one of the questions that's on the the text line today, Shannon wants to know, what happened to world to these Indian hawthorns? I don't know what happened to them, but I can tell you that it, they're not really growing. They've been there for a couple of years. I'm going to suggest something kind of radical. Let them be this fall, um, but but when we get a little bit cooler weather coming, just make your plan. Spend a day, dig them up, rework the soil that they're in, add a little bit of compost manure, add a little bit of other organic matter if you need to. Not really fertilizer per se, like out of a bag, but we're going to increase the nutrients of the soil itself and then replant them. Um, and at that point, because it'll be coming up on winter, you can cut it back pretty far. It's leave just a few leaves on it. And let's see if we can't get it to grow. Then next spring, you'll start fertilizing it, and let's see if we can't get it to come on out and do something. The other option, of course, if you really want to baby them, is to dig them up, put them in containers, and put them in the shade and get them get them growing again and replant them. But Indian hawthorn should look better than this after two years, and they should certainly at least be covered up in leaves. And I think that we I think either the area the soil's not right for them, um, or there's there's something off. And if you replant in better soil, you can certainly see whether or not that could work. Um, and I think it could. I think it really could. Let's see now. 
Um, oh my goodness. Beautiful, beautiful old roses. How fun. Fig is looking a little rough for Bill. Well, that's not unusual. They do get a little bit of leaf spot. The only thing that I would say to do at this point is going to be to scratch that grass and stuff from around it and put some mulch under the tree so that it doesn't get overwhelmed with water. Yes, they can take a lot of water, but it looks to me like this one's a little bit on the muddy side around the base, and the other plants that are growing up underneath it are not helpful. So clear yourself an area a couple of feet um, around the tree and mulch that and then we'll worry about the tree more in January when it can be pruned okay okay um, let's see now the next piece of the question is is going to be about uh, the tulip pop oh that was beautiful I love the tulip poplar Corinne wants to know how much she can cut back her blackberry vine it's eight feet I wouldn't cut it by more than half but I will tell you that if one of the the canes in a group like that is twice the size of everything else, I am going to cut it back to be the size of the others. And I'm probably not going to cut them back nearly as much. So we, we want to try and even things up as we go through if we possibly can. There's there's a good reason for all of that. Yes, I believe that is pepper vine. Um, I sent a note back to say, take a look at it. It's it, Ampelopsis, though, but when you see that that lace that is really beautifully um, um, beautifully serrated or gently serrated, I should say, then you need to either think about campsis or you need to think about this particular one, the ampelopsis. If the, the stems are as red as I think they are in the picture, it's going to be the ampelopsis. So take a look at that and see. I had another note. Um, sent, someone sent me a message this morning about gripe weed, chamber bitter, Oh yes. Mhm. I'm I'm still complaining. I've pulled so much of that in the areas where apparently my preventative didn't get to it. So that's what their their situation was the same. They were running into that problem too. All right, I think I have caught up over here. Um I don't know who you are. I can't answer. And duckweed. Okay. <laughs> we got everything. Beautiful picture. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, Jim, what about figs? Oh, no, no figs. What I really called about a while ago was oak trees. Uh, I'm sitting on my front porch. i got a, a white oak in front of my house, about eight feet. It's about five foot tall. i got two red oaks. They're right in the middle of my eastern edge. And I want to transplant the, I want to get the red oaks up. When can I do that? And i got some sand out here. I'm thinking about putting in with my eastern edge just on the ground. Will that harm them or will that help them? It won't hurt them. It may do them some good, may not. Um, if you want to move those trees, move. Don't move a tree until at least November. And and let. In the case of the red oak, it's a hard. It's hard one to move because they don't lose all their leaves at one time. And you want them to at least lose half its leaves before you you try to move it. Okay. So whenever that is. Oh, things not but about two foot tall. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll drop it. It'll, if it has four leaves, it'll drop two of them at some point, and that's when you should move it. Okay. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Oh, my goodness. Now, this is hopefully not the weather forecast, but it is, by request, a little bit of Van Morrison here on Weekend Gardening.
Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trust advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601 864-3752. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. State health leaders think the 50 to 64 age group will have the highest mortality rate in the coming weeks, but Lee Bond, Singing River Health System CEO, says the Delta variant is affecting all ages. Young people are dying. We have saved hundreds of people, tons, and, and most of them we do, but there are some people that this wicked, insidious disease they cannot overcome. There is no modern medicine silver bullet that will save these people. And Ole Miss is the first team in college football to announce a 100% vaccination rate. And head coach Lane Kiffin hopes that Mississippi will follow their lead. I think that shows a lot about their safety, but also their commitment to each other. You know, that not just protect themselves, but to protect, you know, bringing something in here. So it took a while to get to that point, and I think it's really neat and it's a really good message you know, to the rest of the state and other people. I'm Andy Davis. What do members of the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation look like? We have members from every corner of Mississippi from all walks of life. All over the state, we see two types of memberships, active members of the farming community and associate members who utilize Farm Bureau services like insurance. All memberships support Mississippi agriculture. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. 
Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking. Hot water on demand. Warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. The American Rescue Plan provides $1.8 billion to the state, $1.6 billion to education, and $900 million to cities and counties. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman says if those cities and counties make a plan for those dollars, the early bird could get the worm. Every state's got all this money, so we're going to have capacity issues just like you see in home building. All the pipe and everything can be already ordered, so Mississippi needs to get out early on. Then in January, we'll come out and start matching these monies or contributing to get my new water sewer plant where my new industrial will be and my new subdivisions are going. Those who come with a good plan, of course, will be rewarded first. <laughs> and the former director of the Mississippi Fair Commission has been sentenced on prostitution charges. 56-year-old Stephen Hutton will spend one year in prison after pleading guilty to one count of promoting prostitution in a Madison County court on Monday. He was arrested in April of 2020 and was fired from the commission immediately after. Following his time in prison, Hutton will spend two years under house arrest. I'm Andy Davis. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. We are getting closer to the start of college football and now the coaches poll. Preseason is out. Alabama still number one in the coaches poll, followed by Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Georgia is fifth, Texas A&M is sixth, then it's Notre Dame, Iowa State, North Carolina, Cincinnati, Florida is number 11, then it's Oregon, LSU is number 13, and then it's Southern Cal, Wisconsin, Miami, Indiana, Iowa, Texas, Penn State rounding out the top 20, then it's Washington, Oklahoma State, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, Coastal Carolina, and the Ole Miss Rebels at number 25 in the the coaches poll. Mississippi State is in the others receiving votes category along with Auburn, Kentucky, Missouri, and Arkansas. And of course, the college football season begins on September the 2nd. Tennessee will be in action. Mississippi State will be on action on Saturday. Ole Miss will be on Labor Day Monday night. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Hey, y'all. Let's take some pride and get it together for Mississippi. Many of our highways and roads are just covered in litter. Put trash in its proper place. And if you drive a truck, remember, trash blows. Be sure to secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road. Secure your load. Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Bowl projections in August. The football season hasn't even started yet, but CBS Sports wants to have a little fun with bowl projections. They have projected the college football playoff teams to be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. The Cotton Bowl hosting one semifinal is Clemson versus Ohio State. The Orange Bowl hosting the other semifinal will be Alabama versus Oklahoma. Then in the Committee bowl games. Sugar Bowl is projected to be Georgia versus Iowa State, Wisconsin versus Oregon in the Rose Bowl, Texas A&M versus Cincinnati in the Fiesta Bowl, LSU taking on Notre Dame in the Peach Bowl, Mississippi State is projected to be in the Texas Bowl against Oklahoma State, 
The Ole Miss Rebels are projected to make the Gator Bowl on New Year's Eve against the Miami Hurricanes. Missouri taking on Michigan in the Music City Bowl. Auburn against North Carolina State in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Those are just some of the projections for bowl games this year. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, indeed. Rickrack cactus and fishbone cactus are the same thing. Yep, that's right. Well, what difference does it make? doesn't make any difference, but if you think about it, because it does have a rickrack shape, you know, up and down, up and down. Some people actually call it a Z-cactus, but there's others that have a lot more resemblance to that. Um, Andrea's looking – I'm sorry, who's doing this? Is, yeah, Andrea's looking to propagate hers, but she's also growing it, and it puts out these things. Um, and, yes, they are air roots, as far as I know. And if, if it was me, I would just lay that into another pot and then eventually separate them. But I only see them in pictures of this plant while it's being propagated. Um, I don't know why this one would do it, but it, it is possible if the plant feels like it's in some kind of stress, if it's a little too wet or a little too this or that, um, I, I would I would give it the opportunity to root into the next container and see, what, see if we can get that to work better. I'm not used to seeing it in a deep container. When you look at zigzag cactus, rickrack cactus, um, fishbone cactus, these plants usually are in hanging baskets with you know, long long arms and and fairly shallow root areas, but but it's not it's not necessarily that this is in too much um, of a of dirt. I don't think it is. I think it's just probably got comfortable that. Um, no, not edible, or at least not by humans. That would be the preference, rather, is not by humans. <laughs> Welcome into weekend gardening. This is the place where we get a chance to talk about the plants we want to grow. The ones we wish would stop growing, the, the ones that are, frankly, not growing as well as we should, and also the benefits of gardening and the understanding, really, of the research that goes into the green world that makes us all better able to function on this earth. You know, that's the thing. I mean, here's the thing. If you really look at it, the things that we occupy our time with every day, whether it's me sorting through the years of history that's in my house or whether it's you going somewhere and, and buying a new car. You know, whatever you're doing on a given day is informed by everything else that you do. And that's where I think gardening becomes the basis of, frankly, our lives. If we're not – I've been so tickled over this pandemic of all the – Take your children outdoors. <laughs> yeah, do that. I'm not making fun of doing that. I'm just saying I wish we hadn't lost touch with that. I wish we had always understood that, and I do believe that in, in Mississippi and in the South in general, we do have more outdoor time. On the other hand, we also have more mosquitoes, so maybe our outdoor time is more in the winter in places. You know, it just it's all very relative. But if we don't encourage ourselves and our families to understand and appreciate the natural world, then we'll let it go. 
we let it go, we'll be living, you know, in that, as, as Joni Mitchell famously wrote, the paved paradise and put up a parking lot. You know, we don't need that. We need more trees and we need more places that we can live and function and do whatever it is we're doing in a happy way. So when we drive that brand new car, we can see the beautiful trees on the side of the road. You know, we need all of it. We, we really do. And I'm, I'm one of those people that has nothing but um, love and appreciation for the diversity that is this wild and crazy world we live in. Now, maybe that's because I'm manipulating my feel-good brain messenger. I don't know, but new research from University of California, San Diego, tells us that we can actually willfully control that dopamine. Mm-hmm, that's right. Maybe not you or me, maybe not today. But if you think about it, there are things that trigger your feel-good. And the one that they use in this particular report is that whole business of you hear the music and you associate it with the taste of ice cream when the truck comes through the neighborhood, right? I heard a story this morning. Oh, dear. This guy said that when they were children, their parents called it the music truck rather than the ice cream truck or any of that. They, they didn't let them know. They just thought it was a truck that drove around playing music. That's sad. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody needs to be able to buy a popsicle on the corner. Come on. Anyway, the the whole notion that we hear things or we see things and they trigger other things that make us feel good is all about the dopamine. And in this particular case, um, there the spikes of pleasure really do go directly to our feeling of well-being, sometimes an exaggerated one, but more often, fortunately, um, the opportunity for us to actually understand that we're okay. We're, we're okay. But rather than occurring only when presented with what, what are called reward-based expectations, that is to say, the ice cream truck or, for some people, an adult beverage or, you know, for other people, a view of the ocean, you know, any number of things can do this. Publishing in Current Biology, they're letting us know that, in fact, they they had absolutely delightful responses and that understanding that our dopamine is there and that we just have got to harness it is really part of it's it's not even a trick it's understanding our natural processes a little bit better it opens up a new dimension between the study of the dopamine itself and the way our brains work so now what they hope to do next of course is to take it into the social behavior realm and that that sounds like interesting stuff to me um it started as a serendipitous finding that's another great word you know that's there are a lot of things that are just serendipitous findings um, for more information, see post-it notes. <laughs> that was supposed to be a glue that stuck. <laughs> oh, well. So was whiteout. You know, you, nobody types in that way now, but for years of when we used a typewriter, we had a bottle or a, uh, a string of whiteout that you could put in there, and it would you'd type over it, and it would make it white again so that you could correct your errors. Well, those were things that were not supposed to do what they did, but when they found out what they did do, wow. Sometimes it's surprising. Uh, let's see. Dave wants to know if it's clematis or clematis. Um, I'll tell you what I don't think it is, is clematis. And a lot of people do pronounce it clematis with that first accent on the first syllable. That always sounds, no offense to Anna in Oxford, it always sounds like kind of an upper crust Brit affectation. It's not, but it just sounds like that. Um, Clematis is my preference. I put the emphasis on the central, the middle syllable, 
and that's probably just from happenstance. A lot of times the way we pronounce words, of course, comes directly with whether we learned them in language or whether we learned them from reading them. And so a lot of plant names do not sound in vernacular the way they look, and this is one of them. Beautiful tray. That's lovely. Devil's walking sticks in full bloom. Love that. Really, really pretty. Devil's walking stick is one of those um, plants that's like Harry Lauder's walking stick, those things that you just don't even imagine there's a place for until you have one, and then you can't imagine how you lived without it. They're just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, Ken has good advice. Walk away from the bad memories and embrace the good ones. That's absolutely true. In, in that regard, in, in the people department, there's some good research from North Carolina State University, one of our favorite places. The um, studies letting us know really some of the joy of the human experience. Resilience. We, we always talk about the population or that person or, is resilient. And once we understand that that's not just something you can reach into the box and grab, okay, um, we, we, think of, we, we think of other qualities of humanity as things that are just there present all the time. And that's good, all right? Determination might be one of those. But resilience is something that is actually dynamic and comes upon us in response to something else that we need to be resilient about. So it's not a static character at all. Um, it, this this article and study has come in results of in response to the understanding that businesses actually are looking for people that don't have any problems with resilience that that are able to be resilient. That is to say, if we do something and it works, that's great. But we don't sit on our laurels; we bounce up and do the next thing. On the other hand, if we do something that doesn't work then we need to be also resilient and bounce up to the next thing or bounce back to that in order to keep those goals going. It's real important. It can lead to burnout. It can lead to frustration. And it can sometimes lead to people thinking they've made the wrong career choice. If you actually cannot bounce back from the problems, you learn a lot more from the stuff that doesn't go right than the stuff that does go right. The stuff that does go right is good to, to make you feel like you can do things. You have to have some of that. Can't all be negative or you end up talking yourself down out of stuff. But if you are not able, for example, the reason we grow plants sometimes is simply because they will grow. There's a lot of other stuff around us that's really hard to understand and awful to put up with. But if we take care of the plants on a concerted plan, do what they need, and give ourselves the opportunity to do that, they will grow. And yes, sometimes if we forget to water them, they'll come back, and you can say that's resilience, too. It is to a certain extent. We'd rather not have to water a wilted plant, however. But what they did was to work with 300 and so members of a university marching band and surveyed them for about 12 weeks. They collected data, and they also collected um, the opportunity of watching them do what they do. And that is to say, march, make mistakes, come back, do it again, did the resilience help? And, and, and they found that on time, over time, emotional exhaustion increased and unfortunately commitment decreased. But the factors that influence those effects, for example, if they, the, the newcomers were more resilient than the veterans to this process. And I think that that's an interesting note that we need to pay attention to. Um, sometimes we who have been doing something for a long period of time need to be persuaded to find the next way. 
the next opportunity to make it make more sense. Um, I'm, I'm in the midst of all of that myself, and indeed, indeed, we try really hard because stress is the thing that pushes all of this. We all try to control the amount of stress and at the same time benefit from it. Because, again, the stuff that doesn't go so well doesn't teach you nearly as much as the stuff. I mean, the stuff that goes well doesn't teach you nearly as much as the stuff that doesn't go so well. And that gives you the opportunity to study your resilience. How about that? Leaping squirrels. What? Yep, leaping squirrels. That's right. (laughs) I have to tell you, the squirrels have left the nest, and there's been some pruning going on at my place. And they are, they're literally having road races. They're going from where they were, the tree where they were born, and and it no longer has quite as much lower leaves and stuff as it did, so they have to go directly over to the next set of trees. And some of these babies are not that big. Good for them. They're not falling down, or they would be in cat land, and we certainly don't want that. But at the same time, it's fun to watch them and see how it is that, that they're working Parkour is the feat of agility that we are describing here. Um, And the good news is, at least from the squirrel's point of view, they are giving inspiration to a new series of robots that are going to be able to do that same particular agile maneuver. University of California, Berkeley might be where they've started this. You can't imagine it being anywhere else. I can imagine, though, them sitting there watching the squirrels leaping on those funny branches and in fact, yes, the one that I still have on my computer that I, I think is I think is funny. It's a it's a squirrel prevention trap on a bird feeder. When the, when anything as heavy as a squirrel lands on it, it flings them across the yard. I doubt that the squirrel suffered from this. May not have learned anything either. But the birds it doesn't work. On, it doesn't fling the birds because they don't weigh enough. Hmm, something to think about. One of the next um, questions for robot man- makers though is. Which other things that bodies do do we need the robots to do? Um, I hope you have seen the Boston Dynamics dancers. I hope you have seen you know several of these wonderful things because it is so delightful. Yes, I know that there's stuff. I know that there's issues here. I know that there are some jo- jobs that I wish were done by robots so that the human beings could do things that were more interesting and less repetitive and less likely to give you you know, monotonous brain problems from doing something, the same thing over and over again for eight hours a day for 15 or 20 years. That's hard stuff. If you've, if you've, I can't, I, I can't tell you how hard that is on people's minds, but it is. And it's one of those things that, frankly, that person's probably got a whole lot of smarts. They obviously have resilience because they're continuing to do that same job. So let's let them do the bigger job. Let's let the robot do the little job. I don't want a robot for a pet. I still just want I want I want the Jetsons robot Rosie to iron my clothes and vacuum my house. If she could groom the dog, that'd be great. But mainly take care of my stuff. That would be joyful for me. Not going to happen, but I like it. In the journal Science, we're letting uh, the folks there from UC Berkeley's doctoral student who is now a professor of biomechanics at the University of Nebraska. <laughs> they've apparently been testing these squirrels all across the countryside, quantifying how they learn to leap from different types of launching pads, some that are bendy, some that are not, and those are all going to inform the next generation of robots. What I'm, I, I really do love... I love when the whole boatload of drones go up in the air and do the fireworks and stuff. You know that if you saw the closing ceremonies at the Olympics, you probably saw the beautiful 
Olympic rings done in the lights. Those are all done, um, you would think, by drones. Well, they're not. They were not even real. The people there couldn't see them. But we've seen plenty of other situations where we are able to get beautiful, beautiful writing and pictures and all sorts of stuff from the drones being programmed to fly together. Well, come on. That's great. Now just bring them to my house and let them clean. That would be super duper. 888-808-8637. You can tell I'm not much of a housekeeper. That is the Super Talk call line, 601-879-4395, the C Spire text line. I was brought up to think that you have to clean the house. And that's it. There's there's no June Cleaver. There's no Blondie and Dagwood. You just have to do it. It's not fun. (laughs) But if you don't do it, well, you should do it. Um, yes, yes, Ken. Um, we, yes, Ken. I had a very wide liberal arts education in college, and I did take logic. Yes, I did. Took several philosophy courses, some of which were useful, <laughs> some of which were very helpful. <laughs> I know that one of the things that's going on in my propagation world that has helped, and I hope that you will do this if you're starting seeds, we think about it in the winter, but we don't necessarily think about it in the summer. It does help to put the heating mat underneath seeds that you're starting now. You might be starting, for example, um, in my case, I'm, I'm starting some more parsley. Anything that we can do to keep that soil at a nice, warm, consistent temperature is going to help it sprout faster. Okay? Okay. Oh, my goodness. This is one of those guys that was in the band that Paul McCartney was in, you know, before the Wings. Yeah, that's right. This is my brother, Ringo Starr, y'all. Wake up. It's Octopus's Garden. Come on. This is Weekend Gardening. He's so happy you and me. No one there to tell us what to do. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden with you. country's gold standard of ice cream flavors since 1969. Its hand-cranked taste takes you back to simpler times. That's why we put the word home right on the carton. The good old days are being made right now. Hey Culligan, soft water, cleaner environment. What do you say, Greg? Hey Culligan, are you saying if I have a Culligan high-efficiency water softener, I'm also helping the environment? It sounds like you're saying it, Greg, and yes you are, because with the Culligan high-efficiency water softener, you'll use less detergent, soap, and harsh chemicals, and that's good for the planet. 
now you're saying it. You bet I am, Greg. Soft water and a cleaner environment is already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Bridge Builders. Attention, if you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESI Supply. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are powerful. You're a warrior who bathes in your enemy's tears. Then you step out of that refreshing tear bath and into a bathrobe that somehow looks good on you. Yeah, you can pull off a robe. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you save money for driving safely with Snapshot from Progressive. Mmm, savings you can use to buy more robes. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. You date like you aren't 22 anymore. Like, emotionally mature is kind of hot to you now. And six texts sent back-to-back is totally cool. You date like your experiences, relationships, they haven't just made you you, they made you interesting. Young love was great, but dating as a fully formed, emotionally mature human? Man, that's on a whole other level. Download the Match app today. agree that mama told me too much that's one of those things (laughs) when you start down the road of all the songs that have mama in them it's a really long list no we don't have all of them here but every now and then y'all send us a couple of ideas and that was one of them thank you (laughs) i appreciate it the secrets of fish fins oh my goodness (laughs) i feel like that's something i'm supposed to just say again and again the secrets of fish fins Do we really need to know? No, but, you know, it's interesting. (laughs) What about Galapagos finches? Did you even know there was such a thing? Well, I bet you did. I, um, 
I don't know what that says. Anyway, um, from from Flinders University, the, the we uh, the only thing I know about the the Galapagos finches is that they are part of Darwin's work, and that the changes, the evolution in them, is is one of the things that he referenced, and that's why we they're known as the Galapagos finches. But it interestingly enough, there's a terrible problem for them. It's the uh, vampire fly, avian vampire fly, which was introduced to the Galapagos Islands in the 1960s by accident. Most, Let's face it, most of the um, accidental introductions don't turn out to be good choices. And in this case, the 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 fly larvae feed on the birds in the nest, all right? But interestingly enough, what they found was that the flies' larvae were most abundant and had the best survival rates inside the critically endangered medium tree finch's nest, which is probably why they're critically endangered. But they had less success in the nests of the hybrid tree finches. So what this tells us, of course, is from both sides. On the one hand, it demonstrates that natural selection would favor the flies that target this threatened species, unfortunately, but it also shows us that the finches are fighting back by hybridizing themselves so that they do not suffer complete extinction from this particular fly. It's really interesting. Since the, 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 they did not interbreed before that anybody's aware of. So that's also really fascinating stuff. One of those things that people will continue to watch and try and understand, and hopefully at some point um, it will it'll make better sense to us, or we will have better examples of how this works. Okay? One of the questions is always, so why should I subscribe to your newsletter? Well, because of that, you'll get a tease about the stories that I'm going to do here. You also get some information that doesn't occur here. Um, you get some stuff that, that, frankly, is going on in my garden. But if you really want to know even more, join me at patreon.com slash gardenmom. It's coming up on time for the August intergenerational Zoom. And, yes, we were going to continue doing those even if there was a fourth wave because we are trying to convene people from all around and it takes a Zoom to do that. It takes a, a virtual meeting to do that. So that's fun stuff. Um, also, if you are with Patreon, you will be coming up on um, a, a new video about staghorn ferns. You may or may not have done anything with them. I'm, I love that plant. And uh, the next thing I'll be doing is putting up a little bit a more, some more photos about the way it looks now. Um, it, just a very few weeks after the video was shot, Everything just begins to grow when they take off. Um, there's, I'm I'm not I'm on, I'm not going to argue with you, Ken, but I will tell you that there's no there's no problem between those two things, okay? <laughs> just no problem between those two things. Um, now, what about sunflowers? We know we understand this, okay? We know that when we take a picture of the sunflower field in the morning and we take a picture of the sunflower field in the afternoon, the flowers are facing different ways. Hmm, how does that happen? And how come they don't all? Well, we'll talk about that. First, though, it's Mabel and Jackson. What's going on, my dear? Uh, uh, I'm, try I'm trying to find out how do you, uh, you know, you tell them you can fertilize the roses, mm -hmm. but I don't know how to fertilize them. You know, do you, uh, you know, do you dig them? Are they in containers or are they in uh, the ground? The ground, my knockout roses. Okay, 
just all you have to do is scratch a little bit around the surface. You don't want to get a, get it any deeper into the surface than just so that it can stay there. I just did this um, to some of my roses yesterday after I pruned them, and it I, it I literally pulled the mulch back, sprinkled in some fertilizer, and came back and watered them. That's all it took. Oh, that's all right. I've been asked how to do it. Yep, easy as can be. Now I want. You cannot find no uh, green butter beans. Uh oh. And we no and no stones. They don't have them no more. Huh. So, but can you? Is it too late to plant them? It's a little bit late. Um, those Uh-oh. they usually take you know a good hundred days really to get the ones that I think you're talking about. So I'm I'll keep my ears open and see if we can't find some for next spring. Okay. 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 All righty. Thank you, ma'am. Have a wonderful weekend. Now, that it is interesting. Sometimes we are seeing some seeds that are not where in the quantities or even some things are just not available the way that they should be. Um, and and I'm, I'll see what I can find out. But, yeah, I knew that. I knew that green butter beans were not locally available. So, interestingly enough, that's it's time to uh, – I'm, I'm sorry if I did something there to the telephone. Anyway, back on the sunflower world. We know that they face the rising sun, and we've always known about uh, the photoperiodism of these plants. But it turns out that the increased warmth on that side, on that morning sun side, actually attracts more bees and therefore helps the plants reproduce more effectively, helps them get pollinated, helps them make more seed, helps them make more sunflowers, okay? Um, New phytologist, this is research coming from University of California, Davis, which is you probably know is one of my favorite places to um, hear from because I've known people that did research there and I've visited their facilities and it was quite impressive. But the flower heads, the, the capitulas, as they mature and the stems become stiff and woody, the movement decreases and all the heads eventually face morning sun. They, they switch around for a while and then they eventually all face the morning sun. It is, of course, a composite flower, um, just like anything in that group. Daisies, daisy shapes of, of flowers are all composite flowers, hundreds, thousands in individuals in the center and then the florets develop at the outer edge of the flower bed and then sometimes they come on in and make that that in the case of sunflowers that beautiful spiral pattern so that all of this changes with the um, whether or not they are able to face the east if the ones that don't the ones that they discover that don't actually make smaller lighter weight seeds because they're not having that extra warmth they also release pollen earlier I mean later and that doesn't necessarily go towards their pollination time. So that the ones that face east get the warmth, they get pollinated sooner, they make bigger seeds, they make better sunflowers. There it is. <laughs> I love that. It's fun stuff. Um, the summer snowfall of flowers, Mike, I don't know. Um, unless it's autumn clematis that I was talking about before. If it's a heart-shaped, little heart-shaped leaf and a lot of smelly, smelly, smelly white flowers. I like the smell. Some people don't. Um, That's probably that. And, um, okay, super-duper, thank you for letting us know. Mabel, at the Old Farmer's Market, which I know is close by you because it's close by me, 
uh, on Woodrow Wilson in Jackson at Adcock's Produce. She's got something that you can go get to eat, at least. <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds like fun. Thank you for letting us know. Always appreciate that. Um, really nice to know. I don't know that I would ever want to live in Davis, California, but I really do appreciate their their research. Um, just who who would get into east facing and west facing plants and whether or not they had greater pollen than somebody that was that deep into it? That's just wonderful, terrific, terrific. I might have to get down there and get some fresh green butter beans myself. Now she's talking about it. It sounds good. We do have um, luckily, luckily. Tomorrow, next year will be a different year, and luckily, people that were not able to get seed this year, hopefully, will be able to get some next year because things do change. There's a brand new story. I know you're going to hear about it this week. Um, <laughs> it's one of those you read it and you go, "Really? Okay. Well, let's see." Um, I never have wanted. I've always admired the different patterns on dogs' coats. But I can't say that I've ever really cared how it got that way, but apparently a lot of people have wanted to know because they consider it the enigma of inheritance (laughs) of coat color patterns in dogs. What they discovered was that, interestingly enough, there's a genetic variant for very light coats in dogs and wolves that's really, really ancient. It came from a a now extinct um, relative of the modern wolf which we would all have to say probably stood out too much and therefore got predated, predated on. Um, but the international team there is talking about there being a, they make two different kinds of pigment, the um, eumelanine, which is, of course, the darker pigment, and yellow, which I didn't know the word for this, is pheomelanine. How interesting. But the precisely regulated um, work of these two pigments at one time, genetically speaking, is what gives rise to the different coat patterns. And, of course, I, in my case, I, I, I don't even think about wolves. I tend to think more um, about some, some beautiful collies and, and things that you see that have just got such gorgeous, gorgeous patterns. Um, but anyway, it's, if you're interested in that, the research is in fact solving the issue of how they got this way. How Now, how we're going to manipulate it, how we're going to change it, I don't know the answer to that one. I really don't. I'm tickled that there is a new measure of um, the vulnerability of forests. Um, yep, that's what that is, Mike. That's, in fact, autumn clematis. Isn't that pretty? I know it can be a mess. It can get in the way. But it's just so pretty. And it blooms and smells so good, but not for very long. So it'll get out of your way pretty quick. I like that one. Um, anyway, what I was thinking about is this this whole business of tropical forest vulnerability and the questions about these the things that we're studying and the things that we're not. In our case, um, we want them to be studying humid tropical forests because, frankly, we're getting more humid and closer to the tropical end of things every time they do another survey, another, um, for instance, the USDA maps of climate. So in the journal One Earth, um, folks from reporting in Cell Cell Press, but this is NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory's work, they are using an an effort, making an effort, I should say, to explain how to keep tabs, what what we can do so that we understand what areas of the forest on a global scale are in danger using satellite data. 
it makes a lot of sense. We can't go to all of them every week and check them out. So it's not like we can go out and do the biota. You know, we can't go out and try and find out. But we can understand frequent droughts and higher temperatures and longer dry seasons and all of the other pressures, humans and um, deforestation from bugs and all sorts of other stuff. It really have pushed the tropical rainforests to a difficult situation, and we need to be monitoring them to understand what's happening. Lots of them have, in this just the first range of the the work that they've done, have been showing us that things are really not as good as we thought they were, and in fact, that a lot of the studies that we've been doing don't really measure the vulnerability, particularly of things like the rainforests. They rely on local studies, and so you can't extrapolate always to the ones around the globe. And at the same time, the lack of consistency in the data collected makes it difficult, too. It's as if you went out and said, I want to make this hydrangea bloom pink, and then went somewhere else and got an idea and came back and never never changed the pH of the soil. In other words, it would be the wrong way to get it to happen, even if it did eventually happen. And it probably won't. I am um, one of those people that waits every year for the apple harvest. I am. I do admit I will buy apples out of season, and since I don't live where apples grow in great numbers, most of the apples that I am eating have come from somewhere pretty far away. Think about it. But the good news is that when the apple harvests take place, the apples that they put into storage do last for a very long time. Now, I'll grant you I'm probably not buying apples at this time of year. There's a lot of other fruits that I find taste better in the summertime. But I really love the idea that we're going to figure out better ways to use what else there is. And in this case, it was a study on apples. Researchers at the University of Adelaide, yep, our good friends down there, are working on greener processes. And I think it's great. I want to, I want to know more about it. I look forward to their next round. We're trying to find out about antioxidant, antibacterial, anti-diabetes, and anti-inflammatory properties. We could all use that, couldn't we? Of course we could. Ah, thank you for turning your radio on. Thank you for listening to Weekend Gardening. morning we shall meet them over on the Hallelujah Show. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. If you're building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven. Propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. 
The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the Metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Hi, this is Thomas Trammell with Family Termite, and I have an important message for you. After this year's record-breaking snowstorm, termites will most likely be swarming in historical numbers in an effort to recolonize and replace parts of their colonies ravished by the extreme weather. Family Termite offers free termite initial inspections and competitive pricing. Call Family Termite today at 601-933-1014 and let us protect your home because we hate termites more than you do. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Innovative Health Clinic, formerly Acoustic Wave Treatment Center, offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Schedule your appointment at 601-944-5585 or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. Now taking same-day appointments. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Five-pound large Gulf Shrimp Special, $29.95. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45-plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. tune that we may as well embrace, right? Because wherever you are, when it gets to be August and September in the southeast, the chances are really good it's going to rain at some point. 
If it doesn't, you're going to wish it would. So we'll talk about it as it goes along here on Weekend Gardening. We kind of we put the gardening in either way that it goes. Um, and that's, that's of course, um, one of the things that we have to do all the time is measure things. We can't just... Uh, you know, we can't just qualify things. can't just say this or that. We have to quantify them. For example, um, in the last decade, when the decade, about a decade ago now, the most recent f- basic fact-based information, all they did is record the temperatures. We know now that July last month was the hottest month recorded, but for the last 10 years, we've been living in a slightly warmer zone than we were living in the 10 years before that. Now, of course, the process is slow and changes, but those of us who grow and, and are in touch with outside do know these things. And in fact, the maps show that now. The level, for example, of Zone 8 has gone a little bit farther north. Zone 9 has gone a little farther north. Even 8B is a little farther north, far, you know, farther south, rather. And it's just interesting. Uh, interesting the way things change and the way we, we either adjust or don't. I want to remind you that there are lots and lots of many, many opportunities for you to use your herbs at this time of the year, but if you're not using them, by all means, keep picking them and put them away. You can dry them, you can freeze them, you can make them into vinegars, you can make them into oils, but if you're not taking advantage of the brilliant growth that's going on right now for oreganos, for even for rosemary, but certainly for um, comfrey and any of the others that you might be, you might be growing chicory or you might be growing thyme. But whatever those are that you're growing now, they're really just rocking. So take advantage of that. And the other thing to do right now is to get used, get yourself ready for onion and garlic time. You're going to want to plant um, all of those things pretty quick coming up here in september it'll be time to do all of that and of course it is another case where you don't want to overfeed but you want to make sure you're planting them in soil that is healthy so a lot of times we might go and stick a garlic into a container where there were tomatoes growing before or something that's fine it's not a problem with following a big plant like tomatoes with something like garlic that's going to sit there all winter but it will need some fertilizer okay so make sure that you do that all right, make make sure that you give yourself the opportunity to feed those plants because they're going to need it. It's also not too late, speaking of is it time or is it not, it's not too late to do the deadheading on things like butterfly bushes. They will bloom again. Um, if you have short enough crepe myrtles, you can trim them as well, deadhead them, and they will bloom again. But you can cut back pretty hard things like impatiens or petunias that may have gotten kind of raggy. Um, I saw some, some calabrocas, a million bells. And that I just wanted to go and take a scissors and go around the bottom of, but I don't know the people well enough to do that for them. So, you, but if you have some, by all means, give them a little bit of a trim, and then fertilize and water because you're going to see new growth and you will see more flowers going on into the fall. If you have uh, fall allergies. Well, you need to get to know ragweed, and you need to pull it out of your yard, and hopefully your neighbor will do so the same thing. It is a very popular, very attractive weed that pops up, but when it gets to blooming, it's blooming around the same time as goldenrod, so we all tend to think that that's what makes us sneeze. The flowers on the ragweed is not that exciting, so you don't notice them, but they're the ones that are bugging you. So go ahead and get those pulled out now. Um Mike in Brookhaven, how do I go about getting soil samples analyzed? Go on and talk to your folks at the county agent's office or your local cooperative extension, or 
You can always go online to msucares.com. There's information there. What you're going to be doing is getting a box, taking the sample, putting it into the box, mailing it off, and they'll tell you what's in your soil. You tell them what you're going to grow, and they give you back the ideas for what you should be increasing or decreasing. Okay? All right. Um, I hope that if you are already planting leafy greens, you're remembering that this is a really good plant in, in a container or in the ground. You can do either one um, to, to, for those leafy greens, but they are going to need more nitrogen fertilizer. I think because we say so much, don't over-fertilize, don't give this or that too much nitrogen like tomatoes and things. We forget sometimes to say, yes, you do need cottonseed meal or fish emulsion or one of those really high nitrogen fertilizers to grow really good greens. Not so much for the turnips because it's not going to go to root crops, but for growing the greens themselves, you're going to want something with a little bit more nitrogen in it than you ordinarily would consider. Right now, the Joe Pye weeds are starting to bloom, and I just think they're so beautiful. I hope that you appreciate them. They're usually um, covered up with tiger swallowtails like the ones I saw the other day. They're blooming on the sides of ditches along with a lot of other things, along with Leatris and, and some other beautiful flowers that we have. So slow down just a little bit and enjoy them. Get out there and take a look. You'll be glad that you did. Now, I have just pulled up. Three or four bushels of of crocosmias that were in my way. These are not the fancy ones. These are the ones that are very, very common. And I put them out um, on, on on top of the trash can, but so you could see what they were with a note that says these are crocosmias. You can plant them. They were gone in an hour. So I just want to encourage you to do share your plants with people. If you can't compost it, somebody else may want to grow it. You know, there's a lot of choices for when we're doing some of this. Really lots and lots of extra, shall we say, organic material that we're growing right now. We don't want to perpetuate all of them, but we do want to make sure that we're keeping the ones, for example, Boltonia, that's going to be just beautiful here in a few weeks, fall asters that are going to be beautiful here in a few weeks. You don't need to pull all the weeds. Know what you're pulling and get rid of the ones that you're not going to like. I promised you the fearsome um, fearsome dragon, and <laughs> University of Queensland says, well, this is a surprise. It's a pterosaur with a, an estimated um, seven-meter wingspan. Do you understand? A, a, a meter is longer than a yard. <laughs> so this is a big, big, big bird. This was um, really delightful. It's the closest thing that they have found to a real-life dragon. They have named it the Pungasawi, and it would have been fierce, 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 just essentially a skull with a long neck um, bolted onto a pair of long wings. <laughs> That would have been scary. My goodness. Um, they, they really think that it might have, uh, have, have zoomed, or, but they have a feeling that it was really fast because it, it, had, it needed to get fast in order to support that amount of weight in the air. Pretty fascinating stuff. Um, I have a quote for you that I want to make sure that I get to today. I want to thank Daniel for being here. Thank all of y'all for putting me in your pocket. You may be... You may be listening here, you may be listening on demand, you may be listening to the rebroadcast or to the podcast. Either way, Garden Mama thanks you very, very much, because if you're not listening, I'm not getting to talk, and we all know how I like to talk. Quote of the week from my uh, favorite American author, yes, that's right, I do have one, James Lee Burke. James Lee Burke said, if there's any human tragedy, there's only one. 
and it occurs when we forget who we are and remain silent while a stranger takes up residence inside our skin. You understand you have to listen to your own internal monitor. You have to listen to what's going on inside your own head sometimes. Don't let anybody fool you. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Take care of your garden. And come back right here next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. People are angry these days, but you don't have to be. Let's get 2021 started right, because somebody out there needs your help. At Gateway Rescue Mission, your donation can provide a meal. Your prayer can unlock the power of God to change a life. If we spend more time praying and less time fussing, we can help some people. Go to gatewaymission.org. Make a donation and help change your life today. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.